Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. All right, all right, all right, all right. It is another episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I am your host and the creator of the show, Henneka Watkins Portal. I want to welcome, welcome, welcome back those who have been tuning in for more than one week, one more than one show. And for those who are tuning in for the very first time, a very, very warm and special welcome to you. Now, last week, I had a conversation with Jason Bayer, who leads marketing and partnerships at CrowdSpring.com. And Jason has reviewed the brands of thousands of businesses to help them increase revenue through CrowdSpring, which is an online design and branding platform. Now, this week, I'm curious, as I'll be talking with someone who, after a brush with suicide, realized he wasn't living the life he truly wanted. But before we get into all that jazz, let me express gratitude to the Jamaica Stock Exchange, who continues to support this podcast and has been with the show since 2017 when I started. Now, here's a word from the Jamaica Stock Exchange. And after that, I will introduce my guest to get the conversation started. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. My guest on episode 297 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast is Kevin Palmieri. Kevin is the founder and co-host of the Next Level University podcast. Early in his life, Kevin found success, and that's in quotes, right? But after an attempted suicide, he realized he wasn't living the life he truly wanted. He became passionate about self-improvement and decided to make it his purpose in life to impact as many people as possible by becoming a role model podcaster and speaker. His podcast is one of the top 100 with over 1,000 episodes and listened to in over 125 countries. Welcome, Kevin. (laughs) Henneke, thank you so very much for having me. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. And also, congrats on 297 episodes. That is no small feat, and most people do not ever make it there. So a giant congratulations to you. Oh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. When I listen to you, I mean over 1,000 um, episodes. Kudos to you, Taman. You're <laughs> going with yourself, as we well, say thank in Jamaica. You. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. 
Awesome sauce. So what do you know about the Jamaican culture, if anything? So that's that's an interesting question. I part of one of my jobs, I actually worked with several individuals who grew up in Kingston, Jamaica. What? And they used to take me to the local Jamaican restaurants and I was introduced to coca bread. Uh-huh. And uh like what are the patties? Pate like Jamaica, and bread, yeah. Pate yeah. and bread, that's a staple, yes. That yes. was my favorite thing. When I got that, I was like, okay, I am I am in on this. So that's pretty yeah. much what I know about the culture, I would say. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's A-plus for you, right? Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Many guests come on and they barely pass, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's A-plus for you. Yay! Thank let's you. Celebrate. So let's get into your life as a child. What was young Kevin like uh, as far back as you can remember and how old uh, what age can you remember, you know, can you go back to? Yeah, it's very interesting. I do not remember a ton about my early childhood. I would say the earliest memories I have are probably like six, seven, eight years old. Mm -hmm. I was raised in a single parent household. So I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. And when I say meet, with the understanding that he was my dad, I know I saw him when I was younger, but I didn't know. I didn't have any recollection of that. So I grew up in a family that we didn't necessarily have a lot of money. There were talks pretty often about how we were going to pay rent and stuff like that. But I think the best way to phrase it, Henneke, is I was, I think I was an angry child. I think I internalized the fact that my dad wasn't there as there must be something wrong with me. And I do believe that's where a lot of my limiting beliefs came from. That's where my feel a big part of my fear of failure came from. And I think that shaped me in many ways, but also many positive ways as well. And I think if you're going to be impacted negatively by something, you also have to look at the potential positives. Also, wow. interesting before we go there, because we know that's how the story ends, right? When I listen to you share that story of your life growing up, Kevin, it hit a nerve. Mm. because it's a lot of it is quite familiar to me. I didn't meet my dad until I was 11 years old. And I too remember being an angry child. I remember throwing tantrum. I remember breaking glasses. I remember blaming myself. It must be me. It must be my fault. What did I do that my father isn't around? You know, it is interesting how these negative, these things that happened in our lives, you know, impact us in these negative ways. And if there is not... Uh, something or someone that, you know, or even ourselves becoming aware, then we can end up on this negative trajectory, this downward trajectory, this downward slope. So tell us why you think it is important for children to have that parental guidance to help them become aware of who they really are from an early age. It's very important to understand that so much of our trauma comes from when we're young. You know, when you're 21 years old, you might think to yourself, oh, I'm I'm having all these feelings. I have all these limiting beliefs. They must have just happened to me. Most of them were downloaded into your consciousness when you were a child. So this is probably how I would reframe in Henneke. I think it's probably more beneficial to have one positive parent than two negative parents. Uh. And again, that's a fine line and there's a lot that goes into that. But it's important to have people around you that make you feel safe you might not have the ability to look inward and, and work on your awareness when you're that young. But what you do have is the opportunity to model. You're modeling behavior. You're modeling 
personality, your modeling mindset. So it's very important as a as a young human to have people that you can model in a positive fashion, because whether you know it or not, a lot of their beliefs, a lot of their behaviors, a lot of their language, a lot of their actions, you're absorbing that because you you don't really have the choice not to. When you're that young, everything around you kind of becomes part of you. And then it's up to you to learn new things, unlearn old things that aren't serving you. So yeah, to your original point, I think it's important to to have somebody around you that you can model, but when you're that young, you don't get to control who's around you. So a lot of us have to spend many years of our lives unlearning certain things. From that seven-year-old child into wanting to take your own life, what mm. led to that? You know, what kind of, what, what was happening around you? What led to that? Even when I was young, I knew I didn't want to take the path that everybody else was taking. So I remember when I was in like middle school, I knew I didn't want to go to college. I don't know how I knew. I think I just didn't like school. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. But as I got older and older and older, all my friends were applying for colleges and they were like, oh, I'm going to go here. This is what I want to do with my life. I had no idea. So one of the earliest parts of my story is the fact that when all of my friends went off to college, I stayed behind and I just worked. So I pumped gas for a while. I was a personal trainer. I was a truck driver. I worked at a hospital cleaning bathrooms and floors. I did many, many odd jobs, but I eventually got this interesting opportunity in an industry called weatherization. Weatherization means we would go into state owned buildings and we would make them more energy efficient. So I'd work in attics, we'd work in classrooms, windows, doors. Our job was to keep the good air in and keep the bad air out. That was kind of our, our thing. So the interesting part of this job was that since I worked for the state, I got paid what's called prevailing wage, which was anywhere from $60 an hour to $120 an hour, depending on where I was working. Now, as a 23 or 24 year old man with no college degree, that's a lot of money. And I feel like I am crushing it. So if you were to look at me when I was 25, Henneke, you would see a man who has a really quote unquote good job. I had the body of my dreams because I had just won a bodybuilding show. I had a, a sports car. I had a new apartment and my, my girlfriend was a model. So again, I, I had all the boxes checked quote unquote. And the truth of the matter is I was pretty miserable. I was very insecure. I definitely was depressed. I definitely had some, some anxiety that I did not know. And one day my girlfriend came to me, we lived together in New Hampshire in the United States. She said, Kev, I want to move to California. I want to move across the country and I want to chase my dreams. And I was so insecure, so scarce, so afraid of being left behind that I told her no. And I gave her every reason in the world why she couldn't do it and why if she did do it, she would fail. So she ended up dumping me and going and chasing her dreams, which is exactly what she should have done. And I'm very grateful she did. But when she did that, I thought to myself, okay, something has to change here. Now here's the problem. I thought about changing myself for like a week or two. And I said, I think I need to make more money. That's what it is. I don't have enough money. This is going to fix all my problems. So I said next year, I'm going to make the most money I've ever made in my entire life. So the next year starts, I get a promotion and I'm a foreman at my company, which means I start the job. I run the job. I close the job out. Awesome. I'm working a ton of hours. We're traveling all over the place because a lot of the work we do is on the road. And if you fast forward to the end of that year, I had been on the road for 10 months out of the 12 months, every single week, 
living in hotels, working in different states, staying up all hours of the night, driving. It was very, very challenging. But I got to the end of the year, I opened up my final pay stub, and I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. And I had this moment where I opened that pay stub and looked at it, and I felt good for all of 10 minutes. And then I realized, okay, I just spent an entire year thinking that this result was going to fill all of the inner voids that I have, but that didn't fix it at all. For most of my life, and especially that year, I lived unconsciously. What's the opposite of unconscious? Hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast, and that's where all of this really started for me. I was having deep conversations with people about life. I loved it. I fell in love with podcasting. I fell out of love with my job because I didn't want to travel anymore. And I started calling out of work. I would start leaving the job site early. There was times I was showing up late and that was not like me. I was a very good employee, but I just didn't want to be there anymore. My heart wasn't in it. It was, I was just hurting me physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It was just very, very draining. And it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I didn't feel like I had any options and I was depressed and I was anxious. And one morning I woke up in a hotel room in New Jersey, which was like six hours from where I lived. My alarm clock went off at 5.15. I sat up, I slid to the edge of the bed and I'm lacing up my work boots. But that morning was different. It was like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time and every single one was on a different station. And one is saying, you're stuck here forever. I know you wanna leave, but you're never gonna find a job like this again. Like you got so lucky to get this job. If you do work up the courage to leave, what are your friends gonna think? You make more money than all of your friends, they all look up to you. There's significance there. What's your family gonna think? You make more money than anybody in your family, what are they gonna think? And Hanukkah, I think you'll appreciate this one. If you do leave this job, are you gonna be a podcaster? Like that's what you're gonna do? You're gonna ride this podcast thing off into the sunset? And in that moment, I felt that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. And I ended up texting one of my friends. And I remember I was just, I just felt so hopeless and so helpless and trapped and stuck. It was dark. I texted him and said, hey, Alan, who's my business partner now, mm -hmm. I'm really struggling. I'm having these dark thoughts. I'm having these dark feelings. This is how I'm feeling. I don't know what's going on, man. And Alan is somebody who studied self-improvement for his entire life, basically. And he said, Kev, over the last couple of years, you've changed so much. Your awareness has changed, your habits have changed, but your environments have stayed the same. I think it's time for you to change your environments. So I ended up leaving that job three or four months later and then, and then starting this journey to being a full-time podcaster, speaker, coach, entrepreneur. And, and I always say this too, Henneke, because I think it's important. Yes, I'm where we are today, but the hardest times I've ever had were actually after I left my job. Being a broke entrepreneur, trying to grow this thing, that was the most challenging thing by far that I've ever dealt with even more than me sitting on the edge of the bed debating suicide, honestly. Wow, 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 what an interesting story. Um, and one would have thought that with all that success that you've now come into, um, you're making all this money because a lot of people think that, you know, once you have all this money, that it is, that that's it, you know, mm -hmm. you're good to go. But here you are with all of that, you know, and going through that. So with that realization, something went off and you're on this new trajectory. What was that, you know, 
change, that turning point like for you? So moving from where you were, you know, contemplating suicide and all of that mm-hmm. into making the step to be different. Yeah. It was very much me leaning on some the, the people around me. So the interesting thing about my business partner is he was already an entrepreneur. And I remember seeing him and saying, wait, what are you like? You're a speaker. Like, what does that look like? You get to do that for a living. You get to talk for a living. Like, what would that be like for me? I think to our original point, I was modeling the people around me. What is this person doing and how are they finding success? The hardest thing for me, Henneke, in the beginning was believing it was possible. I didn't believe a lot of what we we're doing today was possible. So in the beginning for me, I was trying to raise my competence. So what are the habits that I should be doing every day? Like, okay, let me post on social media. Let me track my finances. Let me do all this. A lot of it for me was I must become the type of person who is the type of person that's successful. I don't think it's just going to happen. So yeah, the process in the beginning was number one, focusing on character. There's definitely a lot of parts of me I don't really love. Like, let me work on these things. Number two was let me focus on my competence. So what can I learn as a human being that will ultimately allow me to become successful later on? And I think the third thing was me trying to figure out my ego and figure out humility. When you're, when you go from somebody who makes $100,000 to somebody who's $35,000 in credit card debt, you got to be humble because life is going to humble you. So trying to figure out where my ego is hurting me, how to become more humble and more accurate in my thinking, more self-aware, that was really the beginning of the journey for me. Wow, interesting. We're going to take a break here, Kevin, and then now just to go through a review. And after that, we come back and finish up our conversation. Like you have been dropping some bombs and (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Very inspirational. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. This review comes from Keisha Bailey, the money maven. Henneke is the real deal. I'm really inspired by Henneke's work with this platform. Her energy and passion comes through in each episode. I started as a guest and now I'm a big fan and continues to listen. Keep up the excellent work. That's Keisha Bailey, Money Maven. She's a Jamaican, of course, that is based in Canada. If you've written a review, please send me an email at hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com to let me know so I can shout you out right here on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for just listening, for guesting, and for sharing your feedback on the show. Keisha, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, so let's continue with this conversation with Kevin Palmieri. Kevin has been sharing his inspirational journey of just, you know, how he started out as a child, the experiences he's had, the feeling of not, you know, living the life that he wants to live. And now he's at this place in his life. And we want to get from him, you know, even you're here now. So is it that every single day, Kevin, you wake up and you're feeling so purposeful, you're feeling like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you're always feeling that, you know, um, that you're on the right path. No, 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 no. I, I'll tell you this. There are many mornings where I wake up and I look at my schedule and I say, how am I going to do this today? I do not know if I am humanly capable of getting everything that I need to get done done. There are days where I don't want to get out of bed. There are days where I do not get nearly enough work done. But the one commonality is 
I would say 99.9% of the nights, I'm always grateful I did what I did. So I might not wake up in the morning grateful for everything, but I, I usually go to bed grateful for everything. And I think that's the sign of fulfillment. Fulfillment is not necessarily being happy with everything that you're doing. It's being grateful that you did. And I think that's the difference between happiness and fulfillment. Happiness is if this interview goes well and Henneke loves me, I will be happy. Regardless of the outcome, I am fulfilled because I am in the process of doing something that I feel I should be doing. So yeah, some days kind of suck. But when I look back at the end of the day and I'm getting ready for bed, I'm always grateful I did the things that were the most aligned. Ah, gratitude is a must, you know. Mm. I just released two books. One is a devotional and one is a journal on gratitude, healing with gratitude, a 31-day devotional slash a journal for inner strength. I know what you mean as it relates to gratitude. And as it's, you know, like there are different times in our lives, no matter how we've gotten to that light bulb moment, I find that there are different times in our lives where we, we still question, am I doing the right thing? Like I'm in that space right now, to be honest with you, Kevin, I'm questioning do I even know my purpose? You know, mm. is what I'm doing meaningful? And so we go through that because we're human and we, we question. And it's okay to question too, because what was our purpose five years ago and what we discovered five years ago, it can change, yeah. you know, along in different seasons, it can change. And it's when we question those things and question where we are that we, we really come into the full awareness of, you know, who we are, what we're about, who we are to serve, and so on. So mm. um, what what other insight have you gotten on this journey? You know, as you're, you're encouraging others through your podcast, you are, you know, encouraging others through your own life. What other insights can you share as it relates to um, life in general? Yeah, well, I think one of the biggest things that has truly impacted me is the fact that confidence is not a yes or no switch. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of on a, it's on a spectrum. When you think about it, we, we look at people and we say, Oh my goodness, that person is so confident. I could never be that. It's not necessarily true. That person is probably the most confident that they've ever been. So I have understood now over the last, however many years it's been that confidence is a learned skill. There is somewhere that you're most likely confident. It's probably the place that you're the most competent. So I might seem very confident in front of the microphone, but at this point, I just have thousands of hours in front of it. My competence carries over to my confidence. That's one thing for me that's been instrumental and understanding that if you have a fixed mindset, there's a great book by Carol Dweck called Mindset. If you have a fixed mindset, it's going to be very hard for you to believe and then reverse engineer how to become more confident. So that's an important understanding. And then another thing that I've realized that hasn't really affected me as much personally, but I've seen it in so many clients and members of our community is the people around you are either helping you get to your goals or they're holding you back from your goals. It's very hard to have maintenance people in your life. It doesn't really work that way. So this is the question I always pose to audiences when I'm speaking or when I'm on podcasts. And I will preface, it can be a painful question to answer, but awareness is key. Are the people in your life the best from your past or the best for your future? A lot of us have people in our lives because they've always been in our lives. And that doesn't mean they should still be in our lives. 
what purpose do the people serve? That's really the question. I believe at a deep level, a lot of us are afraid to lose love. When in reality, it's not love that we're losing, it's attention. Or it's uh, somebody being there for us. It's not being alone, right? A lot of us are afraid to be lonely when in reality, a lot of the people that are holding space in our lives aren't necessarily adding value. So those are a couple things that I think are important for me that I've learned. And I always try to mirror those for other people as well. So how do you now encourage others to connect with those persons that are right for their future? Because mm -hmm. as you rightly say, many of us are holding on to people who they were good in the past. You know, they're good for a past. Um, they've been good, but they're not necessarily for where we need to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's number one. You have to ask yourself, okay, if I was to think of it this way, how much energy, how much effort and how much time am I putting into this relationship? What am I getting back? So if you think of it this way, if you could go to a machine on the side of the road and you could put in $1 and get $50 back, you would go to that machine every single day. But if you went to that machine and you put in $50 and you got $1 back, you probably wouldn't visit that machine very often. So it's a, it's an understanding of what are you giving to the relationship and what are you receiving? That's one part. The other thing, and it's an easy, uh, again, easy and simpler, two different things. It's a practice that you can do that will help you actually understand and zoom out on your relationships. So if you were to sit down and you were to write out three columns, one is going to be your core values, one is going to be your core beliefs, and one is going to be your core aspirations. Your core values are how you hold yourself, right? So maybe you're somebody who you value patience, you value charity, humility, honesty, self-improvement, whatever it is. What do you value as a human being? Your beliefs are the way you think. So I believe that self-improvement is paramount to somebody's fulfillment. That's a belief I have. I believe fitness is such an amazing thing for humility and self-confidence. Those are a couple of my beliefs. And then we have our aspirations. What do you want to accomplish? If you sit down and you write out your core values, your core beliefs, and your core aspirations, and then you write out the core, the same thing for the people around you, you're going to see very quickly whether or not they're congruent or whether or not they're connected or whether or not they are capable of being connected. And that's a really good way to figure out, oh my goodness, five years ago, one of my core values was partying. That's not my core value anymore. I don't do that anymore. That's why I feel conflict in this relationship. Or five years ago, I didn't have a podcast that I wanted to change the world. I have a new core aspiration, but the people around me don't. It's a very potentially painful practice, but I do think that awareness is so important. So yeah, that's what I would say. Very important awareness, very, very key. And mm -hmm. so also have to look at your own mindset and that the mindset, you know, the mindset of where others are, is there congruence there? You know, is there alignment? If there's no alignment, then it's time to move on because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, as, as Jim Rohn says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Totally agree. Totally. All right. As we're about to wrap, Kevin, Kevin Palmieri, I'd like to have you share your final thoughts with us, as well as share how my, my community get in touch with you as well and share your freebie. 
Yeah. So my final thought is it's, I say this very often. It's one of my favorite things in the world, but your reality becomes the parts of your imagination that you hold onto and pour into the longest. When we are children, our imaginations are infinite, but as we get older, things don't become, or they become less quote unquote realistic or less cool, whatever it is. A lot of people see and look up to people who are living their dreams, quote unquote. But it's most likely that that was a giant part of their imagination that they held on to and they poured into every day. So do that for your own unique dreams, your own unique aspirations. And I cannot guarantee you will accomplish all of your goals, but I can guarantee you will not if you don't try. So that's that's my takeaway that I would leave with. If you want to check us out, we are Next Level University. Uh, we do seven episodes a week. We're on YouTube. We're on all the major podcast platforms. Our thing is holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. So if you liked what we talk about here in this interview, I'm sure you'll like uh, uh, what we talk about there. And then the freebie is we have a course called the Next Level 5 to Thrive. It's on our website. When we were creating this freebie, it wasn't how do we create something super quick that we can give away for free. We actually created it with the intention of charging money for it. And then we said, honestly, let's just give this away. So it's a course that's taken in video in our podcast studio. It's an hour and a half. There's worksheets. You can download it. You can share it with your friends. I guarantee it is going to be valuable. It's the five fundamentals that are really going to help you the most. And we did talk about a good amount of them here today. Awesome sauce. I'm going to check it out myself. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you. much, Kevin. It has been a pleasure hosting you on the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I wish you all the best in your onward journey and the amazing success that you've had. Continue to have more of those. Thank you, Hanika. Awesome. And thank you for tuning in to this episode with Kevin Palmieri. And I'd love to hear from you. What's your standout moment? You know, Kevin has left several, several gems with us. And I would love to hear from you what stood out the most. Please send your feedback at hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com or on social media at hennikawatkisporter. Remember to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast app or connect with me for all things podcasting at hennikawatkisporter.com. According to the scriptures, I will give thanks. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs, I will praise you. Psalm 35, verse 18. What good 